The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You are tuned in to Inspire FM 105.1 FM. It's Friday 16th of June and the time has now just gone 10 o'clock. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host Neelam and joining me on the show this morning is my guest Shana. Now I shall get Shana to formally introduce herself to the listeners shortly but first uh, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum, walaikum salam, how are you? I'm well, um, a little nervous because uh, this is the first time in three years, listeners, I am back in the studio and um, excuse me if there is any tech issues, <laughs> I've got Brother Tarek coming just to check to make sure I'm doing everything correctly. Uh, yeah, so it feels quite uh, nice to be back in the studio actually, I feel like I'm actually doing something yes <laughs> so that's quite well, I think nice. you're always doing something I think we need to stop um, yes. being so cruel to ourselves about productivity actually Absolutely. because as mothers we're always doing something yes. but um, working from home is working mm-hmm. um, you know most of uh, my kind of work I do from within my home I don't mm-hmm. go to the office very much mm-hmm. um, and you know people from the outside must think oh she just sits on her laptop all day bless her she doesn't really do very much but actually no we are we are always busy and always doing things and if you're you know hosting from your lounge you're still working so yeah we have to be less cruel to ourselves I think I agree with you and what a nice way to start the morning actually (laughs) Shana thank you for that because yes that's a good reminder and uh, especially in my house when silence is really difficult yes (laughs) yes I understand completely (laughs) so yes that's uh, that's been uh, interesting to try and get the kids to be quiet when I actually need to do stuff but Shana how have you found the weather I mean I'm really enjoying the weather I can't lie I mean I think it's difficult with children because Mm -hmm. my youngest she's just turned one Mm -hmm. obviously she needs a lot of carrying and things still Mm. and you know when they're stuck to you and you're sticky you know easily I get kind of like overstimulated and overwhelmed in the heat but I'm much happier in the heat than I am in the winter I can't stand the winter when the sun comes out I automatically feel like that boost that Mm. you know when you get up in the morning when you're waking up to dark and you're coming home to dark, it's so miserable, isn't it? Um, so I know, alhamdulillah, I'm enjoying it. What about you? Yes, no, <laughs> uh, likewise. Um, yes, I do get a bit hot and bothered, but um, actually I much prefer the sun than I do the winter. Mm. And um, for me, it's been like washing. Yes, <laughs> yes, washing is a big one. Although, you know, obviously, I don't know. I know every household is different. I'm like to think of myself as organised, but I don't know how true mm. that is. So I love the fact that I can, you know, potentially wash and dry three loads of laundry in a day. But then I've got to put all that away mm. and I really don't want to. So I think it comes with its benefits. But, but also when you've got that big stack waiting for you at the end of a day, mm. which ordinarily would be one load. Yes. Yeah, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, overwhelming sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I've actually learnt the hard way, um, uh, Shana, on that. So what I do now is I wash them and um, I refuse to iron now unless it really desperately needs ironing. And so I will fold and I will just leave on the desks of each of their rooms. Yeah. And I'm like, it's your job to put them away because you didn't have any issue filling the wash basket. Well, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... But I mean, mine my, are that much older, yeah, so it's very my, difficult. My eldest definitely um, could do it. I don't know how willing, <laughs> how yes. willingly. Um, but no, I have tried to give um, her the responsibility of doing it. Um, my eldest is actually autistic, so she really struggles with organisation. Mm. Um, so it's actually good to give it to her and have her sift through that pile and put things where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she doesn't like doing it, and I think she does find it a challenge, more mm-hmm. so than perhaps a child who's neurotypical, but it is good to kind of expose her to the necessary things of all. I hate mm-hmm. being organised. I wish I could just chill and do things, you know, at my own pace, but it's just not real life, so it's good to give them those little, little bits of responsibility, I think. Yeah. And it makes your life easier, you know, like when you've got three four five children Mm. there's not enough hours in the day to be putting away everybody's clothes um i still do my husband's though so shout out to him (laughs) (laughs) i know because if we don't it would just go into a pile so you have 10 business days it was there (laughs) yes i've actually done that so i actually um put it all into a bag and just left it there 
And uh, I said, I don't know where to put this. Mm. And um, I'm just going to let you. And he left it there. Yeah. See, my husband's got so many clothes, right? Mm. Like, uh, mashallah, he really, I say he really likes his clothing and things. But actually, I feel like we all do the same thing. We all have the same kind of outfits in rotation. Mm. We don't actually use all that we have in our wardrobe. It's quite wasteful. But he definitely has twice as many clothes as me. And so, like, it's not even a case of knowing where it goes. It's like, where do I squeeze these things? Because mm. <laughs> um, I've learned to be a bit more kind of, as the word frugal, um, you know, I just get rid of things and keep what I actually wear and need. Because I think especially after you've had children, you obviously your body shape changes, Change. your needs change, especially if you're nursing and things mm. like that. And I was holding on to things that quite frankly are never going to fit me ever again. Mm. And not because of lack of will. You know, I do go, uh, I exercise, you know, um, I do try and take care of myself. Um, but just the you can't change. physically change yeah. those things once that they've happened. So um, as, as hard as that is sometimes to accept. So I've kind of just learned to, you know what, this doesn't fit me. Mm. So and it's never going to and that's fine. So some other sister somewhere, Bismillah, yes. can have this dress, but it doesn't need to take up space in my mm-hmm. wardrobe yeah. and in my head, you know, because mm. it's, it's a mental thing as well. And we've got these things, these these skeletons, if you like, in our mm. closet that we're just kind of waiting to, to I don't know, get back into. or Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's actually quite mentally freeing getting rid of those things. Absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the things that the summer brings with it, where I'm decluttering and being mm. realistic with myself yeah. but yeah like you said I do like to um in the winter I'm a bit of a uh, I just sit down and I just let myself drink and eat and just you yeah. know I, I it's human nature that's it yeah. I, I hibernate yes. in the winter <laughs> and in the summer I'm like whoa where did all this extra layers yeah. come from so I am trying my best to try and get a bit fit and healthy and also we have a family wedding coming up so that's yeah, always a motivation yeah yeah. Yes. Um, yeah I mean I actually interestingly because my husband works in events mm-hmm. so the summer period is always really really busy weddings mm. etc so actually my time to go and exercise is massively reduced obviously mm. because he looks after the children so that I can go um, so I actually tend to be better at looking after myself over the winter oh, okay. than in the summer, whereas the mm. summer I'm having mocktails in the garden and uh. the things full of sugar because you kind of crave those things in the summer yes. because you're thirsty. And that's actually when I tend to put more weight on, actually, <laughs> interestingly. I'm kind of in reverse for most people. But I think it's just the case of that's just when I have more time is over the winter, whereas yes. summer, both me and my husband, our work is packed. Yes. So there's not much time for kind of self-care if you like yeah, no I, I find that um in the summer it hits me more because you're de-layering a little bit mm. so you've got to expose yourself a little bit yeah, so yeah. I'm like oh I can't wear that dress I can't wear that outfit so I'm a bit more conscious mm. over the summer so we've also had uh, GCSEs now I've banged on about this for the last few weeks on my shows because I've got my eldest um who's been sitting her GCSEs oh, and it's just been um it's like history for me because I, I keep having dreams of sitting exams and oh getting gosh. results. Yeah. So I think I'm more under pressure than she is. Yeah. So uh, she's like, Mum, chill. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. But so, yeah, over the last two weeks, I've been quite good because I've focused on myself mm. and how I can get myself healthy and fitter. Mm. So I've not had those dreams because I'm just so tired I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a good thing. But, it's a yeah. good thing. Um, but, yeah, GCSE trauma comes to relive itself yeah, in your mind. No, it's been... It's <laughs> It's been horrible, but Alhamdulillah, today's her last exam. So, um, yeah, she she went for it this morning, and um, yeah, she's you know she's soldiered through them. Um, and so I dropped her off for her last official exam, and then she's free. And she's just said to me for next week because I'm planning next week for her. We'll go shopping, we'll redo your wardrobe, we'll get you things. And she's like, Mom, can I just sleep for a week? Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think as parents, we're always trying to make life easier for our children mm. in whatever capacity. And we always want them to feel like we're proud of them mm. and we acknowledge their efforts. Because I think there wasn't so much... Em- I don't, I don't, mm. Not to say that my parents didn't do it, but there wasn't so much emphasis as a society that we it needs to be done. Yeah, um, It's almost like children... What problems do children have? You know, yeah. what burdens or stresses do they have? But actually, I think... Now, massively, as a society, we're starting to acknowledge, you know, this is really stressful for kids. And the pressure they feel that they put on themselves that is Mm. externally placed on them to do well and to Mm. perform well. Um, You know, they're not circus performers. They are still children. 
Um, and, you know, with all the will in the world, sometimes things just don't go your way. Mm. But actually to feel like, you know, your parents are behind you is a really precious and wonderful thing. And you should be really proud as parents mm. that you're facilitating mm. that for them. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When we try and do these things like, yeah, I'm going to spoil them. I'm going to make mm. them feel really, like, you know, empowered and that we acknowledge their efforts. And she's just like, I'm going to go to bed. Leave me alone. Yes. <laughs> I just want to sleep, mum. Yeah. And so, yeah, I know. So it's, it's but I agree with you because I think um, I say to them all the time that, we grew up in a time where we had books mm. and we didn't have internet, we didn't have the phone. So when we didn't understand something, it was referring to the good old encyclopedia yeah. and the dictionary and things like that. Whereas now, you know, they've got chat GPT, whatever it is, you know, all this AI <laughs> yeah. stuff. They've got so much. But actually, I think as a result, the expectations are higher. Yeah, so higher, so yeah. kids are actually, because they've got so much available mm. to them, the boundaries have raised, the mm. bars raised, and Definitely, actually yeah. now they're saying that we expect the kids to do so much more better because mm. they have access to all yeah. these things. So I think that's where the pressure comes in. Definitely. But I think also an important point to highlight is that actually some children have access to those things mm. and actually lots of children don't. Yeah. Like if we look at the poverty levels, the statistics just here in Newton, we're at mm. basically 50% of kids are living in poverty. So... Mm. Lots of those children, they don't necessarily have access to a laptop or a mm. phone even mm. or Wi-Fi even to, you know, mm. access any kind of information. And if they do, it's, you know, shared between five siblings. Yeah. Um, and obviously those th- those statistics are likely to go up because mm. now we know with everything being so expensive, yeah. people are having to cut back. And, mm. you know, if it's a choice between having Wi-Fi and having food in the cupboards, you know, most parents are going to make, you know, the latter choice. Tracy, so, yeah. um um, I think, you know, as a society, we also need to take that into consideration. Mm. You know, it's not just our children. Yes, they the ones, alhamdulillah, are lucky enough to have access to all that information. Mm. Still shouldn't have the pressure of having to perform to being the same as a computer, actually, because yes. they're human beings with thoughts and feelings and, mm. and potentially problems in their mm. lives that they're dealing with. Um, but also there are lots of children that cannot access that information. And so how is it fair? You know, how are we going to level that playing field in which, you know, we're children are all equal no matter where they're coming from i really feel like we should go back to books and borrowing from the library and things um because also it 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 encourages that almost the effort Mm. you know if it's at the end of your phone Mm. you know it's not very much effort to find information if you really want to find it Mm. whereas if you when you have to physically go out that kind of starts to separate um, those young people that really have got that drive and mm. those that really can't be bothered. Mm. So actually those those children, even if they're not academically as able, are going to be, you know, a set, a set apart from those children that maybe just can't be bothered. Yes. Um, and I think that's something really important as parents that we need to do with our children, I'm sure most people are, mm. is that actually it's not about what you achieve, it's not the grade, it's the effort that, that we want to see from yes. you because it's that effort that will get you through life. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I openly say to everybody, I sailed through all of my exams with mm. very little effort. Mm. But then real life comes and I realise I haven't built any, any of those systems, mm. revision, uh, you know, giving myself adequate time, mm. how to prepare for exams, mm. how to allocate time. I had none of those skills. Mm. So actually, my grades didn't really mean very much because I was starting from the beginning. So mm. actually, if our kids have those systems and they're developing those systems and they're not getting the highest grades, that's great. Mm. Because, you know, those systems are going to make them successful in their careers in the future, inshallah. So as as parents, that's really like, you know, personally and, and, you know, professionally, that is my push is Mm. what are your systems? Yes, absolutely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. And if my husband's tuned in this morning, he'd be saying, Shana, I totally agree with you (laughs) because this is something that he's really promoted to the children, that it's not about um, being able to answer the question and know the facts and getting everything it's understanding so especially when it comes to subjects like maths Mm. and um you know your sciences where it's a a lot of it is application but it's actually understanding so Mm. if you totally understood the topic really well you could be asked that question in several different ways and understand how to actually tackle that answer Mm. so he's really big on don't revise just so that you can answer questions Mm. revise so that you actually are building on it so he'll go from the basics say to them right okay he has this pyramid diagram system that he Mm. says right let's draw it all out and and actually alhamdulillah i have to give hats off to him it's actually worked so the children have actually found it much more 
oh actually I didn't realize this could link into that and yeah. I could do so it's actually broke it down quite well to them yeah so. and I often do things when I when I was working in education and also like with other children that I mentor in my role we often do things like okay talk to me about it mm. don't I'm not going to ask you questions yeah. you're just going to tell me about it yeah because actually if you're an expert which you're expected to be in the exam context you could be able to just tell me about it. You should be able to tell me how it works. Yes. And I should believe you. Yes. I don't need to check. Mm. You just tell me. And actually, that's when they start to realise the holes in the information they have. Mm. Oh, actually, I don't really know much about that. I need to find out some more about that. So then I can tell you, with complete authenticity, this mm. is the subject and this is what I know about it. Mm. Um, and I find that's really helpful as well. Because, again, it comes back to that understanding of, you know, it's not answering quickfire questions. It's, I know this. Yes. Um, and that's really, really important as well. Um, but obviously that can be difficult, particularly, I think, as parents, we kind of feel like imposters, don't we? Yes. Um, I don't know anything about this. Mm. Um, and so we kind of sometimes can have the habit of taking a back seat, <coughs> excuse mm. me, um, and saying, oh, I don't really know anything about this. Ask your brother, ask this person, <laughs> ask your uncle, ask your auntie. Um, but actually, you know, as a parent, you know so much more than you think mm. you do. And actually, it's really not important that you know it. Yes. It's just you know that you're prepared to listen mm. and I mean even like my eldest she's 12 I've learned so much from her when she comes mm. home from school and tells me things um that I didn't know mm. whether I was taught it or I wasn't or whether mm. I wasn't listening perhaps but, yeah. <laughs> but you know they our kids are so clever all of them mm, regardless of academic ability they mm. know so much um, and they can teach us things as well so it's just being a listening ear really mm. and helping to facilitate whatever they need in terms of like to be able to retain that information essentially yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because um, uh, my elder two were talking over the dinner table um, about a, a system for maths that they used, and they called it something. And I said, oh, is that like a platform where you can like share? And they looked at me and they said, no, mum, it's like it's like bid maths. I think it's called bid maths now. Okay. Um, it was bod maths in my days, but um, it's a system that you use for maths where you have to try and get the equation so that you can get X out of it. And I said, okay, you've thrown me now. I have yeah. really don't. <laughs> When you put X into anything, I'm just gonna. I'm going to be yeah, confused. That's a letter that shouldn't be in maths. Yeah, <laughs> that's not maths. <laughs> maths is numbers. So yeah, but we're you know. So yeah, and and they actually took me through. I mean, a lot of it went over my head, but I was so proud of them because mm. I thought, wow, they actually, you know. So it's quite it's quite good that I don't understand sometimes because I think it's for them. It's like okay, let's teach someone from yeah. scratch. So. And if you can teach it, then you know, you know it, right? It. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yes. that's what I mean. Sometimes that's even theory. if you know, just play down a little bit. I don't. Yeah. What you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I keep saying I'm acting. I really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, half the time I don't. So I'm not going to let them in on that one. No, no, don't. <laughs> no. So, listeners, we are actually live on air, uh, reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1 FM. You can also connect through TuneIn and you uh, can also see us hopefully live on uh, the Facebook uh, page uh, where you can and uh, leave any comments and you must like the show as well so do do that i am taking in um whatsapp and text messages on the studio number 0779481822 now um in today's show we do actually have a topic that we will be talking about um uh, and there's been lots of conversation in my shows around gardening i love gardening and um i can't say though i'm green-fingered um shana i really wish i was but there is a project that's out there for the community to get involved and um I made a slight error this morning where I actually backed it up by saying it's run or supported by Luton Council. So I'll get Shana to correct <laughs> me on that shortly as well. But firstly, Shana, can I get you to introduce yourself to the listeners? OK, so I, I'm sure lots of you have heard me on various shows um, over the years. So you're all quite sick of me, I'm sure. So yeah. I am Shana Iqbal. Previously, Shana Kiley, if you saw me in my pre-marriage days. Um, but I am the development officer for the Luton in Bloom project, which is a new initiative here in Luton. It is supported by Luton Council, also supported by Inspire FM, but primarily run and supported by Community Interest Luton, where I work. Um, we're also supported by various other organisations, such as Luton Rising, and the Peace Garden Initiative, um, Luton Council of Faiths. Um, so we've got quite a lot of um, community support from various organisations. Mm. Um, but essentially, we are a new initiative, which is encouraging the green-fingered and novices alike um, to get involved in gardening, mm. um, whether that's joining in our competition. So we've got a community competition or whether that's, you know, coming along to some of our workshops, um, which I will talk about a little later. Mm -hmm. um, 
or you know just getting involved with some of the content that we're sharing um mm. and you know coming out to things and and meeting new people yeah i like the name in in the bloom is it in, in bloom in bloom yeah. that's it so the hope is um i mean i'd like to know how you know what was the concept um around uh, firstly actually shana before i begin any of this how green fingered are you <laughs> well <laughs> um it's difficult to say really um i wouldn't say that i am an expert by any stretch okay. um nor would i say i'm a novice i mean okay. my grandparents they run allotments we're from quite a rich agricultural background my my i'm polish and irish mm-hmm. mum's and dad's side um so we're very into the growing our own produce and things mm. um anyone who's ever seen my dad's garden or just and my mum's garden actually for that fact it's just in awe of them. They're mm. very, we've we've always grown up with our parents gardening, and the garden was an extension of the house. Okay. Um, and even now, I mean, all of all but two of us are all adults. Um, we all live in our own houses, and when we go to my dad's house, we sit out in the garden, rain or shine. He's built a canopy. If it's raining, we're sitting outside. It's mm. we're very outdoorsy people, I'd say. Mm. So I don't know how green fingered I am, <laughs> but definitely, no. I think I know a lot more than I think I know. Okay. Um. Whether or not I implement that, I think like a lot of people, it's time. Mm. Um, but I am committed now because mm. obviously this project has inspired me. It's inspired mm. lots of people just thinking about, you know, how beneficial this is for for communities to be in the outdoors or to take care of their outdoor space. Um, well, no matter what that space is, you know, whether it's a garden, whether it's a balcony, whether you've just got some things growing on your windowsill, mm. you know, not everyone has an outdoor space, but actually to just reconnect with, growing nature, things yeah, yeah and, and nature is so important and it has so many benefits um mm. so not just mental health physical health as well uh, and i think lots of people you know they, they feel really lonely yeah um post pandemic now we've got mm. the cost of living crisis everyone is just working 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 yes. and there doesn't feel like there's very little time for anything else and yeah. you know just seeing your neighbours over the garden fence or, you know, mm. having something to talk about when someone yeah. walks past your hanging baskets or, yeah. you know, it it starts to build networks and communities for people that mm. are isolated mm. um, and I think that was one of the main things for me as a practitioner when the founder came Sujo came to talk to me on this project is that it's about connecting people it's more mm. than actually about gardening and I think it's a really good way in a really positive way of engaging with people mm. from all different you know demographics you know yeah. no matter what your culture Absolutely, age yes. um ev- there's something that everyone can get involved with yeah and i i think you're right especially in in the lockdown uh, because our gardens did become our second homes yeah, we you know sure. we were meeting outside so um rather than running around with the vac and making sure the house was presentable <laughs> we were running around with the lawnmower and making yeah. sure the grass was cut and you know there were flowers and it was presentable yeah. so whoever did come wasn't sitting in a jungle was actually sitting in a nice garden and and it was quite nice because wherever you did go everyone was sort of showing off their garden Mm. and saying oh yeah you know did you like I planted this or I did this or I you know I made that and and it was quite nice because I I got a lot of ideas and I I have to admit I'm not green-fingered but I haven't killed anything yet all my plants you're doing well then yeah this is what I think I think I can't say I'm I'm an expert but I haven't killed anything yet my husband did buy some lavenders and I and I thought oh gosh I've got to plant these in the garden but my neighbor reassured me and they're very good at gardening that lavender need very little yeah they're quite hardy aren't they 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 are very hard wearing um and they will just bloom and so um and they're french lavenders as well so i'm told that french lavenders just grow in abundance so i'm like okay this is great yeah I, that's I what i needed to hear for it so <laughs> i can say that i actually uh, let this grow and sprout so yes yeah, so i'm looking forward to that so you know um i i have done all my flowers and my seeds and some some vegetables i've done i can't take credit for it because my daughter my eldest daughter oh. in the lockdown when things were becoming scarcely available we were like right we've got to grow our own and you know that's when we um started to actually really get interested in growing our own vegetables Mm. and it was really nice because when we grow our own strawberries the kids were like wow and i'm like wow they've never loved a strawberry as much Mm. as this one and you know we had like two or three on a plate which would cut in pieces yeah yeah. we were sharing but the kids were so amazed by the fact that they'd watered it and they'd grown it and the same with lettuce my son absolutely hates 
salad. But when he he saw that he actually grew this totally himself, he was like, can I have lettuce in this? Can I have lettuce in that? And I was like, oh, oh, how wow. amazing. But so, that, I mean, that's, that sh- is ultimately how it should be. Because mm. um, obviously everything is mostly, on the most part, readily available. We just walk into the shop, we yeah. pick it up. There's no consciousness of where that's come, come from, from or the hard work that's gone yeah. into creating, um, you know, creating, growing that yeah. that thing or, my, or no matter what it may be. Um, and so then we're quite wasteful as well. Mm. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, when you've got, um, things that you've grown they're mm. not going in the bin yeah you know you're yeah. making sure you use them because exactly. you know the, the time and effort that it took absolutely um, so it does obviously promote you to less be less wasteful as well which is great yeah absolutely now Shana you won't believe this but we've actually entered the first half of the show <laughs> and so we are going to go in, uh, to a break so I'm conscious about not asking you a question because I've got about 30 seconds till we go over to the break so I'm just going to recap to the listeners uh, what we've been talking about this morning and it has been about the topic not only <laughs> about children and nurturing them well but we are talking about um in bloom which is a community i do believe it's a competition so i'll get shana to shed more light on that later on after the break but we have been talking about in bloom which is a community um uh, event that's going to be running in luton so if you want to know more about it stay tuned in but for now I don't believe anyone's got hot drinks. It's probably cold drinks. Go refill your cold drinks and join us after the break. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Good morning and Assalamu alaikum. You are tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. It's Mother's Planet and it's Friday, uh, 16th of June, and the time has now just gone 10:30. I've ruined my headphones here, so I don't know how to put them back on. So I'm going to keep them off. Uh, so um, we have been talking about the gardening competition, um, which is uh, available to all uh, Luton residents, I believe. So I have Shana this morning with me that has been uh, talking a bit about this. So Shana. Um, Talk to me a bit about the uh, competition. Um, You know, I've mentioned competition quite a few times, so I'm sure people don't (laughs) even know actually it was a competition. So uh, if you could just elaborate on that. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, so we have five categories in the competition. So we have the best residential front display, which is obviously for residents, for people who live in the community who maybe have a nice display in their front garden, maybe they have some really amazing hanging baskets, um, you know, or like a window basket. If you don't have a front garden and you're in a uh, flat, for example, and you have like a balcony or a small terrace, um, you know, you're welcome to enter that as well. Um, We're trying to be as inclusive as possible because we know that not everyone has access to the same spaces. Um, so we've got that. We've got the best looking fruit and veg patch. So this is for those uh, green fingered people who are growing their own produce. Um, you know, and they... this could be in. Sorry to interrupt you there. Like allotments. Yeah. And so things... it could be in your allotment. Could be in your back garden. Okay. You know, if you if you have a have a patch that you grow in your back garden. And mm-hmm. um, there's no restrictions on where it is, as long as it's yours, of course. Um, and the largest vegetable. Now I know we're not in root vegetable season, mm. but I know. Come on, we've got people who are growing big. <laughs> we've got someone with an extra large plum tomato so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so enter your large vegetable um we've also got the best school garden projects so that's for schools to get involved mm. with we know lots of schools and nurseries around luton are doing some amazing work with their children out in, out in the in the outdoors so we're mm. really encouraging schools to also get involved and we also have the best community garden project as well. So mm. if you are someone who works in a community garden or on a project um, to do with gardening, you know, mm. maybe you're working with um, a group of people, a, a specific community and engaging them with gardening. Um, maybe you've set up, uh, you know, a, a space where the community can grow things together. Um, we're really interested to hear from, from people out, out in the community that are working on those projects as well. Mm. Um, so there's five categories. The deadline is the 31st of July. Okay. Um, and you simply just enter on our website, which is www.lutoninbloom.com. And each category prize is £200. The runner-up is £50. So there's a big incentive to get involved. Um, you know, who doesn't want £200? I know I definitely would like £200. <laughs> However, I can't enter the, my own competition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that would definitely be a fix. Um, so get involved. 
you just have to simply fill out the registration form and then I or my colleagues will contact you to get you to send us over some of your pictures. Um, So do you actually physically go around and see anything? Yeah, so once we've got, once the deadline's closed Mm -hmm. and we've collated everyone's pictures, Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to send your pictures right away, by the way. If you just Mm -hmm. register and then Mm -hmm. when you feel like, okay, this is at its best now, (laughs) you can take your pictures. As long as the pictures are with us before that deadline on the 31st of July. So it's 31st because I think the flyer that I have, it says um, complete registration by 30th of June. Yeah, so because we've got the new community category, we Mm -hmm. thought it's only fair if we extend the deadline for all the categories because it wouldn't be fair to just give an extension for one. Um, So we've got, obviously, we had a new community category come in. It was originally four categories. We've now got the five. Okay. Um, So the deadline's been extended for all the categories to the 31st of July. So enter... Get your pictures when you when you feel it's at its best, and then we will, with our judges, shortlist them, and then we'll come out in August to the shortlisted places with the judges, so that okay. they can make their overall decision on who wins each category. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited. We've had some amazing entries already, okay. um, but we're really keen to get as many people involved as possible because mm. you know I know there's people out there that haven't heard about the project yeah. who have got beautiful houses and beautiful you know front front gardens, and I know the labour of love that's mm. gone into you know creating those spaces, no matter how small or how big, you know the the, the labour of love that goes into making those spaces nice and looking after those plants is yes. is it's really huge commitment. So do get involved. Mm. Um There's lots more information on the website about specific things about the category if you're interested mm-hmm. uh, on, on what the kind of expectations are. But really, this is our pilot year. So this is our first year. Okay. Um, we're kind of, it's trial and error. We're chucking lots of things at it to see, you know, what, it, what does the community want mm. from, from this project? What does it need? Um, and we only really are going to be able to gauge that if you get involved. So do get involved at lutonandbloom.com. Yes, lovely. And I, I think it's fantastic. And um, when I told my uh, daughter um, about this, that she said, Mom, what's your show on today? And I said, oh, it's on this. And she goes, uh, why haven't we entered? And I said, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> so, so, yeah, watch this space, yeah. Shana. So, yeah, uh, she wants to get involved. So I said to her, yeah, inshallah, we can get involved and do that. And and it's quite nice because, as you said, this is not, uh, it's, it's reaching out to everyone. Mm. There is no, you have to fit a certain criteria. And I like the fact that um, you've said front garden space um, and, you know, those that have limited garden space or any garden at all. So you're looking at balcony mm. displays because I've actually drove past and seen some really nice balconies Honestly, where they've yeah. actually really taken good care of it and and you know it's not like it's a overgrown flowers mm. and plants but it's just really nice like I'm really picky and I, I think this year it's been really hard for me to find the decent flowers for my gardens because mm. I like my marigolds and they're the only ones that I know are I think there's a lot out there but marigolds they they don't need that much attention and they do grow but they love the snails love them mm. And so I had snail trails everywhere. everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was just horrible. So this year I, I vowed to myself that I'm not going to make that same mistake because I had them, we've made like a, a, a little patio area and I had them in pots all going around yeah. the patio. So what I thought would look nice in the morning coming and seeing shiny trails, it just wasn't, it wasn't what I was well, yeah, hoping to yeah, be greeted really by. really quite hit no. the mark. <laughs> no, it wasn't what I was looking to be greeted by. So I thought, no, I need to. Uh... So this year we've actually just got... Um, packet seeds and I just said yeah but it's just so like my my children keep coming out every now and then and they're like has anything grown has anything grown and we're seeing like little things sprout mm. through now but it's just so slow yeah whereas when you've actually got a flower that you've put in you, yeah you're just watering it and you're seeing it you know grow yeah. and, and, and look nice it yes. sort of instantly uplifts yes. the garden doesn't it so. yeah that's it it does take a lot of work I mean my mum speaking of marigolds my mum has been growing marigolds from seeds this year oh, okay. um my granddad sadly passed away a few years oh. ago and his garden was always full of marigolds so we kind mm. of tried to harvest the seeds from there um, and so now she's growing them in her garden so it's yeah. kind of like it's come from a place that we no longer have access to oh. that has all these memories and now they're being grown in my yeah. mum's garden it's really nice actually um, 
so yeah marigolds didn't know that about the snails i will have to pre-warn her uh, yeah i know <laughs> they just they just uh, it was not nice and, and my neighbor because like he looked over the fence and he goes oh yeah that's that's what they love so oh. just be warned by that and i thought oh gosh i, I wish i'd known before so you'd have to put them in a hanging basket next time yeah then. snails I can't get to yeah. them <laughs> and, and i've been told actually eggshells because there's a few tips of yeah. things that you can put out on your compost uh, to make sure that things don't attract them yeah. so eggshells is meant to be one of the best one so if you've got eggshells floating around you can just um dump them on yeah. the compost and they and they decompose with it yeah, so it's yeah. not like you've got to you know scoop them up afterwards they just will decompose with the plant so um yeah they're meant to keep them yeah. off i so. mean there's so many um kind of natural remedies to certain yes. things it's really interesting um we ran a workshop our first workshop yesterday on how mm. to grow your own chilies yes um and i think people were really surprised about the kinds of things you can use for fertilizer because obviously not everybody wants to use chemicals yes and um, what they're growing and i was talking about you know using coffee grounds or yes, rice water or wood well. ash and everyone's looking at me in amazement like yeah. i can use what i've got in my kitchen and yeah. it doesn't have to cost the earth but obviously there are things that are better than others and obviously in terms of like growing produce of course the chemical fertilizers are going to trump anything natural because that's mm. what they're designed to do mm-hmm. um but obviously if you are committed to growing organic which i know lots of people really want to do now um you know not using pesticides not using chemical fertilizers and things there's so much available naturally mm-hmm. that you can use um but it was good actually because someone highlighted obviously tea bags coffee grounds some of yes. them when they're grown obviously use chemical fertilizers so if you are listening and you're thinking oh actually i'm going to do that because i don't want to have to use chemicals in my garden just make sure your tea bags are organic that was a top tip Uh, from yesterday because obviously wherever your tea is grown they're likely to have used those fertilizers and then you're mm. putting that into your own soil so you know it's always it's always good to do a bit of research i think um and if you are you know like lots of people committed to kind of the more going back to the going back to nature the natural things then yeah, it's surprising how much of what we eat has still got chemicals in yeah, it, even when you don't realise. Um, it's quite scary. Yeah, it? it is. Yeah, um, and so you've mentioned these um, workshops um, that are being run. So um, if I can get you just to explain the thinking behind the workshops and how they run, so you yeah. know how people can, because you know if you're someone like myself that likes to think she's green fingered, but <laughs> actually doesn't really know what she's doing. And I wanted to come along. How, how, walk me through it. What would yeah, I need to so do? Yeah, so we've got a series of workshops planned for over the summer period. So like I mentioned, we've had the How to Grow Your Own Chilies workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, our next workshop is at Stockwood Discovery Centre on mm-hmm. Sunday 25th of June from okay. 2 till 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and that workshop is How to Grow a Sensory Garden. So mm-hmm. with each workshop, we're trying to think about the needs of specific areas of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the chilies... That was honestly the kickstart, yeah. a bit of fun, yeah. turn the heat up a little. Mm. Um, but now we're trying to think more deeply about, okay, what, what, what do our communities need? Mm. Um, so we've got an A to Z of gardening planned, um, which is kind of like for people like yourself who like being in the garden, like doing things in the garden, but maybe just need to pick up a few of the, you know, what do I do with this? And how do I know when to plant that? And, and you know, those kinds of questions. Um, so we, that would be planned in July. But for the Stockwood Discovery Centre run and the Sensory Garden, mm. um, we were really thinking about those members of our community that have special educational needs, those who have dementia, and the families that are supporting those individuals. Okay. So um, there's been great studies done on the effects of being in sensory gardens for dementia patients because mm-hmm. obviously all of those senses, your colour, sense, touch, they link back to memory. Mm. So actually being in gardens that are curated and created to kind of stimulate the senses. So mm. you mentioned lavender earlier, obviously. Mm. Uh, plants with certain smells, very mm. strong smells. Plants with certain textures, plants with certain colours. So I don't know if everyone knows pansies Mm. they're kind of black and multicolored so Mm. there's like quite a contrast between colors all those kinds of things can be really beneficial for those suffering from dementia because they can stimulate their memory Mm. um but also it it, i think for most people um unless they really don't like the garden being in the outdoors being in spaces like that can create a real sense of calm Mm. um and you know when 
patients are suffering from dementia there's a lot of confusion it can be very yeah. unsettling for people yeah. um so which we are going to take everyone around the great um sensory garden that they have at stockwood discovery center mm-hmm. um it will give people the opportunity to bring people along so whether mm-hmm. it's their children whether it is their parents or their relatives and just experience what being in that outdoor garden is as a group meet other people who mm-hmm. are in similar situations supporting people mm-hmm. you know who are who are having like, needing a great deal of care mm. so we're trying to create to be kind of a social space for people yeah. but also kind of this is what a sensory garden is because mm. I think you know Nobody for different knows. people that yeah. means different things yes. um so actually this is what we mean by a sensory garden yeah. um and this, these are the, some of the ways that you can start to create your own spaces thinking mm. about texture thinking about scent thinking about all of these things um, so there will be kind of a practical element of actually having a walk around and experiencing that garden, um, but also kind of, um, you know, we'll, we'll be giving people the information they need to start kind of curating their own mm-hmm. things and we'll give you some of the utensils you need to start growing your own things as well. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a really good day. One of the main reasons for me personally that I wanted to do this workshop is obviously mm. I mentioned earlier my eldest daughter, she's autistic, um, so she has some sensory needs not as much as other uh, as some children mm-hmm. um but i found that lots of the spaces that stimulate the senses are indoors mm. so you've got you know lava lamps yes, bubble lamps yes, lighting I've effects that, yeah. all wonderful spaces and very very much needed because with the british weather we can't always be outdoors unfortunately yes. um but actually how do we take our children in, uh, into outdoor spaces mm. that are inclusive of them, mm. that aren't loud, mm. that aren't going to overstimulate them or unsettle them, but actually mm. are created for them. This is your space. Yes. Um, and how do we create that in the, the environments that we have at home? Yes. Um, you know, I'm a strong believer that, you know, if we create spaces for our children where they feel that that's their space, yes. they, that they have some governance over their home, then they're, you know, they're safe, they're at home, their friends can come over. It's yeah. a space that they feel is theirs. Um, we're much likely to be able to protect them from whatever is going on outdoors. Yes. Um, and it's only when those children don't feel like they have agency over the, uh, some areas of their home. And mm-hmm. I'm saying within reason, right? Because ultimately there has to be some governance. We have to have leadership. Um, I'm not saying that children should, yeah. should, have to le- should have leadership responsibilities in the home necessarily, but to actually have some agency over the home and it feeling inclusive yes. of them is so important, um, regardless of their needs, actually. Yeah. But I think particularly in a world that doesn't necessarily feel inclusive most yes. of the time to children with additional needs you know having that garden space that's mm. theirs where they can go and sit on their comfy chair in yeah. their space is so so important yeah and obviously there's children with varying needs there's children that they can't go out they can't mm. do things because of disability perhaps or mm. because just of accessibility and mm. not having care not being able to do things particularly if you've got lots of children mm. um you know it's not always possible to take all of them out yeah. and yeah. your child who's got an additional need yeah so you, you're stuck yeah at home um, and it's really isolating for people. So if we can actually create these little sanctuaries for ourselves yeah. and for our children, I think it's really, really beneficial. Um, and that's essentially why we wanted to do the workshop. Because yeah. there's so many people stuck in these kind of pockets, mm. um, you know, very isolated, mm. feeling like they don't have a lot of support. And I think it's a case of us saying, you know, we support you. Yeah. You know, this is the Luton in Bloom community. We support you. Yeah. You're a part of our family now. Mm. Um, and... These are the spaces that we want to help you create for yourself mm. and, you know, for just for the wider community. Yeah. Um, so it's a really, really important one for me. And I, I'm really excited about it because obviously we've got lovely weather at the moment. Mm. And I'm hoping that um, continues. Um, but also just to be able to meet all of these wonderful families yeah. and just take a walk around and they, to meet each other. Yeah. I think will be really, really nice. So. And I think it's really nice, uh, Shana, that you're coming with that stance because you're coming from that background mm. so you can really empathise with these parents um, or, you know, um, people of the community that come along don't necessarily have to be parents. They could be look af- looking course, after yeah. other, you know, um, uh, people that could be taking care of their own parents that have got dementia but coming from that background where you can really connect with them on that level I think it's really I can see in your eyes the passion behind this and I can see how excited you are about this so um it does sound like a good game and the the thing that you mentioned earlier about having um giving children that leadership and that space in their own in their own homes I think that's fantastic because it gives them a sense of ownership, especially Mm. if coming along to this workshop, you can see some of the ideas and see what's on display and say, right, okay, I can actually 
mimic this in my mm. own home and make this in my own space for yeah. my child and see what your child actually likes because often you might just go with it and say actually I think my child's going to like mm. this and create this thing at home and they like, don't what is this monstrosity yeah. <laughs> and they don't like it so you know this, yeah. I guess this sensory garden opportunity is a chance for parents to come along and say actually let's find out what it is that our child likes yeah I mean and I would also like to add obviously um, we're talking specifically about families who support mm. obviously children who don't have very much agency at that age yeah. and also obviously patients with dementia who maybe don't have capacity to make decisions for themselves mm. anymore but you, you know if you are a person adult with additional needs with sensory needs come along you yeah. know come and meet us um, it's not just for those you know for those with children yeah. it's for those adults that maybe know I you know I have some sensory needs and I would like to create a space for myself yeah. come along it's not yeah. just for for children and, and for for you know the elderly, elderly who maybe don't yeah. have capacity yeah so i mean this is just a one day um event yeah so it's from two to four yeah if you are interested in coming mm. you just need to register your interest obviously stockwood discovery center is a free space but it's just so we can account for numbers mm. obviously there's some materials that we're going to give you so that we'll need to obviously ha- make sure we have enough for everybody mm-hmm. but also if in the hopefully unlikely event that the weather's terrible we will be in, in, in an indoor space for some of the workshop at least so um it would be really great um to have obviously a good idea of numbers so mm-hmm. you would register for that so it's sensoryluton.eventbrite.com and eventbrite is event b-r-i-t-e not yeah. bright as in the sun is bright um yeah. so sensoryluton.eventbrite.com yep the teacher in you came out there <laughs> <laughs> I could see it there. The teacher and you uh, make what they called homophones, yeah. isn't it? Where they where, where they sound the same but spelt totally different. But this is the thing, isn't it? It's very yeah. difficult when you're on when you're live on air and you're talking. Mm. And I've had a few people. I've tried to register, but it's not going. The link's not working. Yeah. And I'm like, how have you spent bright? Yeah. Because obviously, when you're listening, you just automatically would spell the most common way, way of spelling, spelling that, um, yeah. and the one that would make the most sense. Yes. Like we're talking about looting and bloom and lovely yes. weather. Um, but yeah, so the teacher in me does come out occasionally. Yes. No, that's good I, I like to see that one every well I don't think it's ever left us really because no. especially if you've got children you're you're working on them then so yeah. your whole teaching so um okay now going back to the um in bloom competition yes uh, you mentioned about um people um entering the competition and uh now is this uh I had a question from um a resident earlier on this week and I must ask it now this is just uh it can a commu- so can neighbours get together and work together and say we would like to showcase ours together? Yes. So we actually have had an entry to. So you would enter into the community garden okay. category. Um, so it's not just for people who are running actual community spaces. So mm-hmm. whether in a place of worship, etc. If you do want to enter as a road mm-hmm. or as a selection, a, a few houses, then you can do so. You just enter into the community category. But we do have we do have a, an entry who is who are a close uh-huh. and they've entered together. So oh, nice. if they are interested, definitely okay. enter. And it's going to get a bit competitive and heated. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah because uh, I, I was thinking I might partner up with my neighbour yeah. because I'm not quite sure I'll be able. To, but um, um, my daughter would not be impressed me with saying that. But yeah, I'm not sure how great I will be able to do it on my own. But yeah, they 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 have all the skills that um, we can do. So yeah, that'd be great. So the um, event is on the 25th of June, and I'm just conscious that we haven't mentioned anything that maybe listeners might want to know a bit more about um, the either both of those events that we've mentioned. So the competition, I think the key, key thing to note there is that it's been extended. So yes. the flyer that I have, which I have been sharing with um, some of the networks that I'm attached to, it's 31st of July. July yeah. So, so you've got extended. an extra month now. So yeah. if you are someone um, who hasn't done anything to the front of the house and you yeah. are particularly interested in, you know, sometimes you just need that motivation. Yes. I'm going to do it now and I'm going to enter the competition yeah. and do obviously register and then once your creation is ready send you us can, over your yeah. pictures and also doing it at that time gives parents a bit of time because the children would have finished school yeah so we've got that couple of weeks to you know um say to them let's all get involved yeah and get the it kids would be nice involved. to get the children involved yeah as well, so yeah. I think it's a a nice extension there so Shana is there anything else that you feel listeners could value from um by sharing with them this morning or, or anything to do with um both events that you really feel that you must uh, share with us all and uh, any of the details that have been mentioned listeners in today's show I would 
will attach onto the Facebook page. So um, the flyers and the correct flyer will go out on the Facebook page. So you will have all the contact details on there. So you can make sure you're spelling bright cl- yeah. correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the main thing for me is obviously the overall messaging, the, ov- the overall root of this project, if you like, is that we want communities to come together again. Mm-hmm. We want to create a better vision of our of our neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and I think that starts with us Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't have to be an expert gardener you know we are running provisions we are running the workshops in different in different areas so that we can have people come in and learn those skills that they really Mm -hmm. want to learn without having to feel like the only person in the room that doesn't know Mm -hmm. Um, or like you know getting completely confused because you're googling everything and google will tell you five different things and you're not really sure which one's correct Um, so you know there is something for everyone um, but at the same time, I also know that gardening isn't for everyone. So do tell your friends, tell your neighbours, tell your parents. Yes. And I think particularly, um, you know, I've I've spoken about this before um, with some quite passionately, if I do say so myself, <laughs> is that I've seen directly the impact that retirement, for example, has on our has on our parents and has on um, you know our, our older community here. Mm. And you know, getting them involved, giving them some kind of project is so good for them physically mentally because you can imagine you know especially like our fathers you know working hard bringing in an income putting food on the table their whole lives and all of a sudden they just stop and it really leaves a void and a sense of purpose and so actually getting dad out in the garden getting mum out in the garden you'd be surprised how much they know that they could teach you and um, particularly when we're coming from such rich, rich agricultural backgrounds, so South Asian background, you know, um, if we're from the Ab- African continent, you know, if, no matter what background you come from, the elder generation will know a hell of a lot more about growing yeah, things than us, well, I yes, can guarantee absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. um, So getting the whole family involved, you know, that's ultimately the key the key outcome that we want from this project is that mm. we want the kids to feel like they've, they, they're involved. We want, you know, our parents to feel like they're involved. Um, you know, we want people talking over the fence to their neighbours and, like yeah. you said, asking your neighbours for tips, tips on how yeah. to grow things. <laughs> you know, that's this is the, the essence of the project. So even if you don't want to enter the competition, share you know, it. do share it. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Shana, for that. So um, uh, I will share those details. I've just got a few events that are running over the next couple of um, days. We've got the Turk Fest happening yeah. at um, Stockwood Park this weekend on Sunday. I don't actually have the times, but I think it's... Um, from 10 in the morning I believe and it is a free event so you can just turn up and uh, uh, join there. Uh, We also have picnic in the park or Wardown Park on the 21st of June which is the longest day of the year so there'll be lots of sunlight that day (laughs) so that's running from 10 till 2 and um, that's for uh, a free entry and it's fun for the families for children under the age of 5 so I believe there'll be lots of activities um, available there and there'll also be um, some nurseries that have set up some uh, stalls there and some storytelling um, as well with the library so you can come and meet the emergency services as well. Uh, Shana, thank you so much for your time thank today. You so I'm going to have to say goodbye and uh, we'll meet again. Inshallah. Yes, inshallah. Thank you for tuning in. Assalamu alaikum. Jaman Barak. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.